1: Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. We've been talking a lot at the Clark Deals team about preparing to make sure you have the information you need to stretch every dollar through the Christmas shopping season. And this year is very different than prior years. And I want to make sure that you understand the patterns to saving money this Christmas shopping season versus prior ones. So everything is going to be fast forwarded. Last year was the first year that pretty much the month of November, the whole month, was the bargain month for the Christmas shopping season. If you think about the way it used to be, things were very heavily concentrated around Thanksgiving week, from uh, the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving through the Monday following what is coined Cyber Monday. That pattern blew apart last year, And this year, because of various effects of coronavirus, the calendar is going to be different again. This year, I expect the discounting to be at its heaviest in October. You heard me right. Christmas shopping deals in October and November, December by comparison is going to be an expensive month this year for christmas shopping all right now let's look at some of the underlying factors first amazon does their huge blowout prime day in the summer each year except not this year now rumored to be a time period in october which makes it really more a christmas event other retailers regardless of what Amazon does with Prime Day, are pushing their sales earlier. And it's because for non-online sellers or hybrid sellers, let's, let me say this again, people that are bricks and clicks, uh, the biggest of all being Walmart, people who both sell in physical stores and sell online have special strong incentives this year to front load Christmas activity and this is because of something I shared with you recently how UPS and FedEx are likely to have very high holiday surcharges in December on package delivery demand is remains really strong FedEx hiring a huge number of new workers and it's because the demand for shipping has stayed so intensified and service standards have slipped. FedEx has been doing a terrible job getting packages delivered on time. Uh, As I I remember they don't even offer a service guarantee right now. And packages routinely are days or weeks late from FedEx. So then you think about the increased volume in December that the uh, companies are going to use price as a market signal to reduce the number of shipments that are sent with them so the effect of that is online only sellers and those that are hybrid both stores and online are going to very heavily incentivize you to shop earlier to get out of that December window so this year I'm expecting that December will punish heavily the procrastinators out there. If I'm talking to you, roughly a third of people get no joy out of holiday shopping and wait till just before Christmas typically to buy people gifts. This year, get the no joy earlier or your wallet is going to just despise you. So... The earlier you shop, the smarter, and I'm going to take advantage of the early season sales and have no need or reason to shop later in the season because the patterns are going to be so heavily tilted towards rewarding you for early shopping, punishing you severely this year for late purchasing. It's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take their turn, and Kim, you're up first.
2: All right, this is from Vicky in Georgia, and Vicky says, Clark, can you help me find a company to use for elderly emergency contact? I'm checking for a friend who's had two strokes and lives alone, and I want to make sure oh. she can get a device to wear on her wrist should she suffer a fall.
1: Okay, well, I I hope your friend uh, is able to live independently for many months or years to come. And that's the idea of having these devices that you wear. And I wanted to tell you about one that first came on our radar from a tip from a listener. Oh, it must be seven or eight years ago. And it's a company called Assistive Technology Services that has, ATS has a two-way pendant that you wear that you buy the device, and then the monthly service is free. It is the best deal in the marketplace. It works with both traditional landlines and internet telephony, so things like UMA it'll work with and you avoid the big monthly fee, which is a, a big part of what you're paying. Some of the monthly fees typically are thirty to forty dollars a month. And so even if you pay, you don't have to pay that much necessarily. I want to tell you about Jitterbug has a device that is twenty dollars a month for the urgent response service agent and you can see about these and another alternative that's lower cost on clark.com the article we have on it was updated in the spring it's three free or cheap medical alert systems for seniors and if you just do medical alert systems as a search at clark.com you'll be able to see the story. Joel?
3: Clark, Nick in Georgia says, I owe $2,000 in credit card debt. I have the money to pay now. Do you think it's a good idea to call and negotiate the amount that I owe, though?
1: No, if you have the money and you owe the money, best just to pay it and be done with it. And make sure you have, if these are collection agencies you're contacting about these debts, you need in writing before you pay them any money that payment of the money is payment in full you keep those records that payment in full has been made for years because unfortunately old debts tend to be recycled again and again and if you don't have documentation that you paid the debt it may come right back to life against you.
2: Kim? Jeff in California says many people are rushing to invest in Apple and Tesla after their stocks have recently split. Could you please explain to the rest of us what a stock split is and let us know if we're missing out on something?
1: You're missing out on nothing. In the old days, like just two or three years ago, generally, if you bought a share of a company's stock, you had to buy a full share. So if a stock was really expensive per share, like potentially thousands of dollars a share, that would knock most people out of the market. So the idea of a stock split is it makes it the, the same value, the company's value doesn't change, but let's say the stock is a, um, $100 a share and you do a five-for-one stock split. Well, each holder of a $100 share of stock now has five shares of stock but they're worth only twenty dollars each that makes it more affordable potentially for people to buy shares well now you can buy what are known as fractionals you can buy uh, with money rather than having to buy shares so you can buy like a complete fractional of a stock even a very expensive one so stock splits are not as relevant or as significant as they used to be and Historically, when a stock splits, people react very positively to that and drive the stock up temporarily, but ultimately the value of a stock is based on the profitability of the company and the shares that underlie that value, and so stock splits don't exactly make me excited. Joel? Joel? Clark
3: Gregg in California. Well, you didn't say if you thought that was a good explanation or not. Well, I, No, I think that's a great explanation. I think Did it can. That's that good. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg needs an explanation on how he can help uh, ensure a mortgage servicer does not sell his mortgage. He says, I've had many mortgage companies, and just when I think I got a good one, they sell it. No. And each time, it was a step down. Bad customer service, subtle rule changes that are worse for me, and sometimes just bad websites. I'm with Quicken now and they're great, but then I just found out that they're selling me in October. So is there anything consumers can do to stop this madness?
1: Unfortunately, no. You know, when you originate a loan with a lender, they tell you what percent of their loans they sell. And generally most the number will be a hundred percent of their loans. And there's a very high likelihood. And servicers trade you just like they're trading uh, in the old days, trading uh, baseball player cards. I mean, it's just like you're nothing to them. And so having as long as you have a loan with a lender, having your servicing sold again and again is a problem because the records often don't translate well. You weren't mentioning records. You were mentioning their procedures and how adequately they do customer no service But the other thing is you want to make sure that your loan balance always reflects correctly. So you can simply print out your own amortization schedule for your mortgage for free online. When servicing changes, you can make sure that the balance being reflected is as it should be and not that a payment did not get credited, a payment or two get credited properly when the servicing rights changed. Evan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Evan. How are you doing? Great, Clark. How are you doing? Good. Evan, you are one of yes. the luckiest people in America who's ever worked for a nonprofit or been a teacher or something like that, that you have a 403B from one of the only companies out there that doesn't cheat you with ultra high fees and commissions and all that. Who is that company?
4: It's TIA Chris
1: now just called TIAA and mm-hmm. um the money you've had in there are you still teaching or working for a non or is this money left behind in a 403b
4: it's money money left behind so, it's uh it's so it's a um, former employer that I uh, no longer work for about uh, two years ago
1: Okay, and I see somebody in the background's really upset you don't work there anymore.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm a stay-at-home dad now.
1: All right. How many kids are you taking care of at home?
4: Uh, right now I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and my wife is uh, due in mid-November.
1: Well, congratulations to the two of you. Thank me. you. It was two-and-a-half. You're going to have two in diapers at the same time? Uh, hopefully we're trying to get this one off of diapers before the next one comes so it'll be pretty close it'll be close you'll be on the bubble with that okay yep so with old retirement plans there's always a question what to do with them and one from TIAA puts you Mm -hmm. that's like a unique category do you have any other now that you're stay at home any other retirement plans hanging out there yeah i uh i have a
4: 401k uh through uh, an old uh old employer when i work
1: in the oil industry and which company is that with uh chesapeake energy no no not who you work for i mean who's the 401k with
4: oh uh it's uh fidelity
1: okay so you've got good companies in both of those what are you thinking of doing
4: Well, I was uh, looking at my options of uh, should I merge them together in an IRA or should I just leave them alone? uh, It
1: depends on something that um, get it done before the new baby comes so you have some time to look at this. But you want to know what the expenses are that you're paying in the Fidelity 401k -hmm. and the TIA 403b. And you want Mm -hmm. each of them to be below half a point and what you're paying for the investment choices you're in. If either of them are above half a point, that would be a trigger point where you'd want to look at moving the money to potentially your own IRA. Or let's take an example. The Fidelity 401k is likely to be lower cost than the Mm -hmm. TIA plan. You could move the TIA money potentially into the 401k you left behind if they'll permit it. Which they may or may not, as now a former employee, or you mm-hmm. could um, move the money, as you suggested, all into an IRA with ultra-low costs. And Fidelity, as an example, has a number of funds now that have zero management fee. Okay. none at all. And you know, Vanguard has extremely low fees, and Schwab has a number of funds that are very low fees. But since you're already at fidelity, Fidelity has a wide variety of very low fees, including, you know, I love target retirement funds where you just put the money in, set it, and forget it. Mm -hmm. And Fidelity has two flavors of target retirement funds. They have one that I'm not that excited about, and then they have one that's uh, based on index funds that's a target retirement fund, and that has dirt, dirt, cheap costs, and you could potentially put all the money to work and the fidelity index version of a target retirement fund and -hmm. just let it grow over the years and leave it be it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the clark howard show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you have riddle me this new car sales are down significantly this year over last year but there's a shortage of many used models uh, new models and then the used marketplace is seeing extreme shortages now this is in a time of overall lower demand how in the world could this be going on and what does it mean to your wallet let me explain factories were closed for an extended period of time earlier this year that make new vehicles a lot of new vehicle buyers defaulted to used vehicles and then on top of it there is an unusual demand right now in the used vehicle marketplace from people who live in congested metro areas where they prior commuted by public transit trains subways buses whatever and a lot of people who did that are afraid to commute on public transit and are natural buyers of the used vehicle market. There are people who don't really like to own vehicles, but they feel the need to have one right now. Now, let me tell you the math effect of this. Edmunds.com reported in the most recent month they have data for complete, which is July, that the average cost of a vehicle, used vehicle, is up 16 percent I don't know there's ever been a time that used vehicle prices climbed by 16 percent in such a short period of time and it's because of this temporary spike in demand by people who are afraid to ride the transportation they rode before plus the diversions from the new vehicle market that I've discussed prior. So a couple of things here I wanted to bring to your attention. If you have a vehicle at your house that you like having, but it really doesn't serve much purpose in your life, dealers are dying for inventory right now, and now virtually any dealer in America is happy to buy a vehicle from you even if you're not a customer from them for another vehicle and there have always been people who did that like CarMax and Carvana but now traditional franchise dealers you know for various brands they want your used vehicle and if you want to score that cash from what's an inflated price point right now You need to shop it with multiple people. I shared with you like three or four years ago when I sold a used vehicle, I took it to five dealers to get prices on it. And the price difference from one dealer to another was unreal. Uh, The lowest offer I had was a little over 9,000. I ended up selling it to a dealer for over 14,000. And all it took me was a couple of hours to make five thousand extra dollars by wandering around today you can do a lot of that online not even having to go in person is there are people now that will quote you a value on your vehicle that you can afford to get rid of online and score the cash now if you are in the market for a used vehicle right now you want to hold the price down The thing to do is buy what nobody else wants right now, which is passenger cars. Everybody wants SUVs and pickup trucks. Passenger cars are the unloved segment of the business, and that's where you're going to get the most value for your money right now. And if you're kind of of a mind you'd like something new, either new or used, but you could keep driving what you have, If you're replacing a vehicle you already have, the best advice I have for you, wait the market out for supply and demand to get back in sync, likely in just a few months from now, certainly by the beginning of 21. It's time for your questions you posted for me at Clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. And whose turn is
2: it? That would be me. And this is on behalf of Jay in Missouri, as well as Karen in Connecticut. They both sent in very similar things to let you know, this is Karen's words. She had tickets for two concerts with Ticketmaster over the summer. Both were rescheduled for next year. She took the option to get a refund and she wanted to let you know that she received all of her money, including fees and taxes back to her credit card. She wants to thank you for speaking up about this and thank you for all you do to save her money.
1: Well, how great is that? And the other story was a similar kind of...
2: Yep, exactly. Got a refund for some summer concerts. Both of them just, you know, had gotten to the point where they didn't think it was going to happen, but had been following your advice on it. So super happy to see the money.
1: All right. So just to uh, recap for you, if you had not heard, and that's great news that both of them got their money back. Ticketmaster treats concerts as postponed, not canceled, which is why they've not been making refunds. But then, if a concert is truly rescheduled, you then have a 30-day window from the rescheduling to request a refund because the new dates don't work for you. And Ticketmaster changed its policies many, many times through the spring this one seems to have held for a good while is the procedure they're following. And when you want your money back, you stay on top of it to see if the concert is, in fact, rescheduled for a set date. Use that 30-day window to assert your rights for a refund. Or if the rescheduled date works for you, you really want to see the band, then go with the rescheduled date. Joel?
3: Clark Tim in Virginia says, you mentioned that I could add my adult child to my credit card as an authorized user without a card in order to improve their credit score. Is there a drawback to this though? What if they wreck their credit with a foreclosure or bankruptcy? Will this negatively affect my credit? It will not.
1: Your credit affects them. Their credit doesn't affect you. So let me give you an example. And we had this from a caller just a couple of weeks ago they were an authorized user on a card forever ago that had continued with authorized user status, had never been closed, and then the parent who'd made them an authorized user fell into financial trouble and wasn't paying their bills, and then that lack of good payment history reflected on the authorized user. But that was for the card they'd been named an authorized user on. The overall credit picture of one does not affect the other basically either direction
2: kim Teresa in georgia says i bought four new tires at walmart back in november with the tire protection plan and now i have a flat but the walmart car care centers are closed due to COVID. do i lose my protection plan basically because they're closed and if i go to another tire repair shop it voids my protection plan So this
1: has been a complaint that I've heard before about Walmart having closed their tire centers, but not every Walmart tire center is closed. And if there's another Walmart anywhere near you that has an operating open tire center, then that would be uh, the best place to try to get things taken care of for you. Failing that Talk to the store manager, not any manager on duty, the general manager, the head manager of the Walmart where you got the tires, where the tire center is in fact closed right now. And talk to him or her about what kind of accommodations they can provide to you, particularly telling you that your your uh, coverage is void because you have to go to somewhere else other than a Walmart is completely unacceptable in a case where they're not offering the service that you have purchased
3: joel clark matthew in ohio says what's your opinion on the savings accounts offered by websites like credit karma and credit sesame
1: they're just fine i mean i don't know that they're anything special the best thing is shop rates and as long as the accounts are fdic insured which the accounts are with both Credit Sesame and Credit Karma, at least they were when I looked, they're just fine. And if the rates are great, then go for them.
2: Kim? Clark, Tony in Florida says, I was watching a video of yours about digital wallets, and I noticed something unusual. I noticed that you appear to have a digital watch on both of your arms, and I'm just (laughs) curious why you do that.
1: Because there are things really wrong with me. Okay, I have three digital devices right now. I'm wearing the Aura Ring, which tracks my health and is part of a coronavirus research project that I'm doing with University of California, San Francisco. Then I have a Garmin fitness tracker that looks like a watch, I guess you could use as a watch, that I've been in the Garmin um, environment for nine years, and I've got my historical... Exercise data and workout data and all that on it. And then I wear the Samsung smartwatch that is really the one that matters for day to day. You know, I can do Dick Tracy and take my calls on it and talk to it and all that. So I guess I have an obsessive problem with digital stuff. Kyle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Kyle, I am so sorry. Your home was a total loss from a fire?
0: Well, uh, initially they were thinking it wasn't, but then our house was built in 1978 and they did asbestos testing and it turns out our house was full of asbestos. So um,
1: they got to knock more it down. Than
0: likely, uh, sorry.
1: And they got to knock it down. Hey, you got to be there watching when they come in the space suits. To knock it down since they discovered asbestos right have they knocked it down yet or are you still not at that point
0: they we are not at that point yet um right now we're going through our um, contents and uh they're going to start the asbestos abatement after uh, they start or after they finish up getting all of our uh whatever they think can be salvaged out of the house
1: and everybody was okay. I'm gathering nobody injured, nothing like that. Right, right. Uh, my wife and I got out of the house and we got all our pets out,
0: and both of our girls were, um, they weren't even home. So they, you know, they, they didn't see anything. And we're very thankful for that.
1: Well, I, I am so glad about that. But I know from people who've lost a home to a fire or flood that it's very traumatic what you're going through right now. Do you have a homeowner's policy that's going to provide you a place to live for the time period that it takes to rebuild your home.
0: We do, and um fortunately, uh my parents live in the same city that I do and um they've been they've been watching our girls for us since um the pandemic started. So they each have their own bedroom at my parents' house and um our insurance company actually put a uh, really nice fifth wheel camper Uh, rv out here on their property uh before you know my wife and I to sleep and my wife actually works in uh in the rv during the day
1: wow i I, you know one thing i gotta tell you i hear in your voice kyle the most positive attitude and you know after somebody suffers an extreme hardship and what could have been a tragedy to hear this positive attitude in you I'm very impressed. Well, thank you.
0: And it, it, I just keep telling myself it could have been so much worse that, you know, the only thing we lost was stuff and stuff can be replaced.
1: So are you looking at like a year and a half or a year till you're back in a new dwelling, your own dwelling on that property? We haven't gotten a timeline yet
0: from our, um, from our, con- we do have a contractor, but we haven't gotten a timeline yet. But my wife and I were thinking, you know, plan for a year, a year and a half, worst case.
1: Okay. Well, how can I be of help? Because it sounds like you've handled this as beautifully as anybody could handle something like this.
0: Well, so my question is, um, since they are going to have to essentially build us an, an entire new house, we were hoping we were going to be able to make some some upgrades to the house. Uh, we were outgrowing it as our girls were uh, getting a little older, and uh, we wanted to open the house up a little bit more. Not necessarily change the footprint, but um, make some upgrades to make it because we love the neighborhood we're in. The schools are good, and um, you know, make it our house for another you know five to seven years while our girls grow up a little bit. And we have about thirty to forty thousand dollars that we can put towards whatever insurance is going to pay to have the house rebuilt. I don't know if that's going to be enough or not, because you know we're talking about opening up the kitchen and putting a little more space in our master bedroom. And anytime you get into plumbing and things like that, it can get really expensive really quickly.
1: So they're not so, going to scrape the lot and start over. They're going to uh, remediate the asbestos and then rebuild from the foundation that's already there that's right okay all right i need to tell you something about the way the insurance companies do things if you start to modify the existing plan of the house the insurance company if they're like most insurance companies is going to be difficult to deal with and try to shift more of the expense of rebuilding the house from them to you the only way you avoid that is if you have it rebuilt as it was before and you have to be prepared for the insurer to say oh well no that that is not bringing it back like it was before so you're going to have to pay blah 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 and it could end up being substantially more than what you have expected or bargained for so I know the temptation is while you're at it let's make it the house that would be really great for us and take this bad situation and prove it but be very careful doing that when the insurance company is rebuilding your house because the cost shifting to you can become really difficult for your wallet and the safest answer is to Go ahead and rebuild as it sat, and then afterwards do improvements that would make it more like you want, rather than moving walls and removing walls and things like that while construction's going on. I just want you to know that I've just seen this movie too many times, where the insurer uh, does not see things the way you do, and it's your wallet that gets hurt when you make those changes. So please be careful and cautious doing that. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com.